0: Wonderful show
1: is keeping up with the Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes. How are you? I am well. How are you? I've had a fantastic week, as have you. Yes, I have. Filled with adventure, friendships, joy, and departing students.
0: Very true.
1: We had quite the week at the School of Supernatural Life.
0: We really did. And I actually can't believe it It was just this week. It feels like it was two weeks ago.
1: It was like local pastor team awesome.
0: Extravaganza.
1: We had Alex and Henry Seeley from The Belonging. Yep. And they were teaching on year two.
0: Yes. And they were
1: fantastic. Goodness gracious, they're amazing. Just
0: dropping bombs of wisdom.
1: Oh, it was astonishing to have them. There. The students loved them. Mm-hmm. And they're also so cool. They are. They're very cool. And they're not just veneer cool. Like they don't just look cool. No, they're legit cool. They've got such an amazing story. Yeah. Which. I would love to have them on the podcast. Same. It would be awesome. It would be very good. So that was year two. Meanwhile, in year one, Mr. Lyle Phillips was holding court. Yes. With his beautiful wife, Allison Phillips and baby Isaiah.
0: Oh, he's oh, so God, cute. So gorgeous.
1: You guys will already know Lyle. He was on episode 37 and episode 38. If you haven't had a chance to listen to them, go to com slash 37 or slash 38 for one of the most radical stories ever.
0: Yeah, very, very cool story.
1: And so we had Lyle in speaking on missions. And if ever you're going to have a person gear people up to go to the nations, <laughs> it's that boy there. Slap
0: you around with missions. He's oh, the one. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> full of zeal, full of energy. Yeah. And then he spoke at Eminate Monday night. So good. I was so convicted. Were you? I thought his whole message was directly at me. Okay. I thought it was just absolutely superb.
0: Now, what were your main takeaways?
1: I mean, he was talking about what, look at the amazing things God can do with a perhaps. Right. Like moving yourself into God's court to risk things. But the the standout line, which I'm going to give him credit for two or three times and then I'm taking it as my own revelation, (laughs) is when he said Abraham wanted God to give him a son, God wanted to give him a legacy. I was like, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. How true is that too? So the
1: other thing Lyle said was, if the only time we dream is when we hear other people's testimony, we are insulting God's creativity. Wow! So he was just talking about dreaming with God and how important that is, and how God's vision of your life is so much bigger than your vision of your life. And I mean, it was just a great, fantastic message, and it was absolutely superb.
0: And I think that's totally true. Like we've said this before, but I never would have dreamed us here. No, not at all. And I know here hasn't. It's not like we've arrived. It's going to keep going and growing, you know.
1: But but everything that we've seen God do. And everything God's given us is far beyond what we would have asked or imagined. So far beyond, yeah. Uh, and that's why last week's topic was all about how awesome future is because look how awesome it's been up to this point, right? God's track record of being good is is pretty staggering,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Um, we should probably just do a sidebar moment and ask the beard update. What What do you think of the beard?
0: Uh, it's very fuzzy. It is so fuzzy
1: at the moment. I feel yeah. a bit like Wolverine.
0: You look a bit like Wolverine. It's wait, apparently- let me put my shirt back on. Right? <laughs>
1: There we go. What about now?
0: Especially at the bottom of your beard, where it's sort of kind of blending into your neck. I'm glad you said
1: of the beard. (laughs) I was wondering where you're going with that, darling. It's
0: very fluffy.
1: Yeah, it is really fluffy. I'm going to try and trim it tonight, but I don't have beard trimmers. I just have hair clippers. Oh, dear. That should work, though, right?
0: I don't know. I've never had a beard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on thursday well actually thursday was a big day i went and had some day. ministry thursday morning i put myself in for a heart sink. yeah and got ministered to for a couple of hours and how was that that was really good you know as with all ministry you can't judge the effectiveness of ministry in the two hours that it happens you have to evaluate from the fruit of your life following but right it was great i you know i love the people that i did the ministry with they were just fantastic and it was nice to be on the receiving end of ministry.
0: Yeah, and it's great, isn't
1: it? Yeah, oh, it's wonderful. It's so good as pastors and leaders to take time out from ministering to others to be ministered to yourself. And we learned that from John and Carol. They were they were huge proponents of getting a tune-up every now and then. So yeah. it was great to just sit down and let other ministers prod around in the garden of my soul.
0: <laughs> hey, did you
1: know I hung out with D-Wags on Thursday?
0: I did. Well, yeah, I did know that. But, oh. I, but we never talked about it because no. life
1: just got so busy. <laughs> it was amazing. How was
0: that? <laughs> fantastic. David Wagner
1: was in town for a night. And so he said, hey, I'm in town. Let's go grab coffee. So I caught up with David, who has just come back from an amazing time at Bethel. Which yeah. if, if we have time to do listeners' questions, we've got a fantastic question about Bethel, which I'm going to be only too happy to answer. But anyway, uh, David was in town. Uh, gosh, just got to love that guy. Again, if you haven't listened to our David Wagner podcast i'm sorry for all these plugs but they're for your own good like just some of the most amazing stories you can find uh david wagner's podcast at alan and com slash wagner he he got his own vanity url because wow he's d wags money
0: right yeah (laughs) and then thursday all of our students from the school supernatural life went on outreach yes they flew off all over the world
1: well some of them didn't fly
0: well some of them just drove off (laughs) all over the world the American world <laughs> we we have
1: three teams here in the USA
0: yes one in Auburn one in wait
1: wait wait Auburn I know something about Auburn that's football that's you say go War Eagles or something like that that's right
0: way to go baby thank you Um, and then we have one in Jackson Mississippi do you know anything about their sports teams
1: yes they have the the
0: yeah something purple maybe the
1: Purple Panthers yeah them yeah they're my favorite NFL and, team <laughs>
0: I love hockey. And then we have an at-home team in Nashville that's ministering in different places in Nashville.
1: Which I love that we're getting to bless Nashville. Same. Because we love our city.
0: And then we have four international teams.
1: Yeah, we have a team, a couple of teams in Europe, one in Iceland and one in England and Scotland.
0: Yeah, I'm a little concerned that the Iceland team is not going to come back. (laughs) They are posting like crazy about the coffee and the food and the Northern Lights and how wonderful the people are. And I'm like... Yeah, I remember. I remember thinking, oh, I love this place. <laughs> oh,
1: to all our Iceland <laughs> listeners, we love you and we miss you greatly. It saddened me when your time hop opened up and said eight years ago today, we were in Iceland. Yeah. Although it thrills me that we've sent other people, but I really miss Iceland. Yeah, and I our so badly want to go. Oh.
0: Father, we'd like to go back this year.
1: Amen. There we go. Amen. And we have a team out in South Africa with Pass a Surprise. Yes. And again, sorry to do this. We're not trying to totally troll you about our podcast but (laughs) if you go to alanaj.com slash 75 you'll listen to our podcast that we did with surpresa pastor surprise and pastor Francie, and i guarantee you've never heard stories like it no it's amazing people being raised from the dead left right and center so that's where our team is with them have fun guys in south africa
0: yeah they must be having a riot Uh,
1: and then last but by no means least
0: australia yeah we have a team in sydney And uh, they'll go on to be in Melbourne with Gary and Sarah in a a, a week's time or so.
1: And you guessed it. If you missed the podcast with Gary and Sarah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. You absolutely (laughs) want to do yourself a favor and listen to that. Go to com slash 90 to hear the podcast with Gary and Sarah Morgan, just two of our best friends, two of our favorite people in the whole world. And you'd be super blessed. Listen, if you've just started listening to our podcast, honestly, if you listen to the ones I've mentioned, your mind will be blown, I guarantee you.
0: If you don't want your mind blown, uh, I can't help you.
1: (laughs) So to all our teams who are out there around the world, AJ and I just want to send our love and say, well done. You guys are doing such a great job. Well done ministering on behalf of Grace and to our leaders who are leading the team. We're so proud of you You guys. are doing such a great job. We're praying for you every day and catching up with you on social media.
0: We're already getting emails and Facebook posts back from the pastors that are hosting the teams just saying what a blessing they are and how amazing they are. We're like, we know, we're so proud of them. So, yeah, it's so good. What else happened this week? I got a new grill.
1: You did get a new grill.
0: I'm so stoked. I've had um, two Cuisinart grills and I've liked them. Um, But my first one lasted about seven years and the last one lasted less than three before the heating element started dying. To be
1: fair, you do use it every day. Every day.
0: Yeah. I'm either making pancakes or grilled cheese sandwiches or something on it every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And more recently, because it's been too cold to grill outside, we've been doing grilled zucchini and grilling meat on them.
0: Yeah. So it it went the way of the dodos and uh, you decided that it would be good to get one that's maybe a little hardier, so...
1: Well, it all came from the fact that... I think I learned this from my dad. My dad is a great contemplator before purchasing things. He's a man who would do tons of research and buy few things, but the things he did buy were really high quality. Right. And I I remember admiring my dad for that, just even as a young age, just watching him always do research. And we knew that whenever magazines came out and there's lots of biro pen, you know, circling things. We knew that a new purchase was coming, whether it was a <laughs> stereo or a VCR or, you know, whatever. Right. And so a number of years ago, we needed to replace your food processor. You had just a cheap, you know, $50 food processor. Mm-hmm. And again, you use that
0: Every day, almost every almost day, almost every day. Yeah, probably at least four or five times a week. Yeah,
1: and so it, when it came time to replace, two of my favorite websites are the SweetHome dot com and the WireCutter dot com, both run by the same people. Right. The WireCutter is kind of a nerdy gadget review site, so if ever I'm going to buy anything, I check there. The Sweet Home is the same idea, but for uh, home items like irons and scissors and right. pillowcases. And so, you know, when we were replacing a food processor, the one they said was the best one was this Cuisinart one, and it was really reasonable. It was about 100 bucks, I think. And then they said, hey, if you, if you need something that can have more content shoved in it, right. or you're a heavy user, consider upgrading to this Breville one, which was four times the price. It was like $400. Right. So nobody wants to spend $400 on a food processor. No. Well, you do, but nobody... <laughs> I'm thinking, just think how many... Other yeah. things I could buy with that. That's crazy talk. Right but there. when we went to Macy's and we compared just just even the feel and the look of them, I was like, okay, these are two completely different build qualities. Anyway, cut yeah. a long story short, we we bought the Breville one and we managed to negotiate down to a nice price. I forget what you, we paid you, for it.
0: You Scottish them down to almost half the price. I did Scottish them
1: down. and
0: <laughs> <laughs> And it's been well worth it.
1: Oh, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. it was well worth paying... More than twice of what we were going to pay for something that to this day you still use all the time. You get great pleasure from. It's never broken, and so we thought, yeah, let's sink some coinage into something that you're going to use every day. So we ordered you a Breville Smart Griller. Yes, we did. It's built like a tank.
0: It is. It's huge. It's a lot bigger than the Cuisinart, Um, which also means I can do a lot more pancakes at once because the surface is larger.
1: And you can. I cooked filet mignon tonight in about three minutes on it
0: oh so good
1: <laughs> and it was delicious oh so good
0: let's go eat some more <laughs> oh my
1: gosh so anyway yes you got a grill i can't believe we took some time out to talk about a grill but there you go that sorry, is our life. all right
0: i'm sorry if you don't like grills um you can come back now
1: and then yesterday we had a fabulous family day yeah we did we took the whole family to see zootopia disney's new animated movie which was really really good but my favorite part of all of it was it was mj's first time in a theater mj's three years old and we walked in it was a really big movie theater the screen was massive the biggest screen he's ever seen and so when we're walking Mm -hmm. mj you're about to see the biggest tv that you've ever seen in your life so it's in the dark we're walking in we turn the corner he sees the massive screen and he looks at me and he says is this my life (laughs) so true and i was like i'm gonna eat you now you incredibly <laughs> so cute, cute three-year-old and then when we sat down and he found out that the chairs would recline and swing up and down yeah and he wasn't quite weighty enough to stop no. it folding in on himself
0: no so i kept folding him in half
1: but the lights would go down and the music started and he he nudged me and looked up at me again and he said daddy is this my life
0: and i was like <laughs> yes son this is your life behold the movie theater <laughs> So cute, so adorable.
1: And then the afternoon, we went out to Mister Bill's to see cows.
0: We did, which he's so happy about. So he got to pat a cow and a donkey and a horse. So it was basically as good as taking him to the zoo.
1: That's all three food groups in some (laughs) country. Gosh! And then you finished speaking this morning. I did. I did on sunship Yeah. What's it like speaking a message split over two Sundays?
0: It's a little. It's a little tough. Um, cause you need to have some extra time to bring everybody up to speed that wasn't there the previous week. Right. So, you know, I asked them at the beginning, Hey, who, who wasn't here last week? And there was a good hundred hands that went up and I went, all right, well, here's like a brief update, but you can watch on YouTube, you know, both sermons, obviously. And, uh, and then away we went.
1: Well, I heard great feedback. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to listen to AJ teach on Sonship, five stages of sonship.
0: Yeah. It Excellent. was a really fun.
1: All right. Our topic for this week we've ostensibly called this life hacks, but they're really not life hacks. If you're used to life hacks on, you know, BuzzFeed or you find them on Facebook, they're uh, way more sophisticated than the ones we're talking about. Basically, we wanted to talk about how we have decided to eradicate friction from our lives,
0: how we kind of do what we do, how we pull off what we pull off. So, yeah,
1: just some of the things that we found helpful. And I think it all started because I realized that the biggest stressors in my life is not, you know, leading a school of ministry or helping pastor a church or those things are not stressful to me. What's stressful Mm -hmm. is trying to leave the house and not knowing where your kid's shoes are. Right. The same shoes they were wearing a mere Mm -hmm. couple of hours ago. (laughs) And they're useless. They're like an ashtray on a motorbike. They're just, I don't know where my shoes are. They've got no clue. (laughs) This is absolutely an at that point. So I realized that friction causes me stress. Yeah. You know, hurdles to my way to achieving things cause me stress. So we started eliminating friction in order to eliminate stress. Yeah. And they're not glamorous. Like the first thing was setting up automatic payments for your monthly bills. Right. I have never forgotten to pay my mortgage because I never have to remember. I set it up the first time we bought a house, and every month it just automatically debits my account. The Same with right. my phone bill, my gas bill, my water. Because nothing is worse than opening I mean, like, oh, I completely forgot to do that. So right. we just automate all of that. Yeah. In a similar way, what other things in our lives could we automate? Or I say automate like an American. I don't even know how you'd say it as a Scottish person.
0: Automate... <laughs>
1: Baby, you just offended large (laughs) swathes of people.
0: And that's not even right. I'll work on it. Let me try. Automate. 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 Automate.
1: So anyway, we've (laughs) we've worked hard at automating things. So to solve the shoe problem, we spent $30 on a wicker basket and it sits by the door that we come in. And as soon as we come in, everybody kicks their shoes off, goes into the basket. And hopefully when we leave, the (laughs) shoes are still there. Hopefully. It is reduced to friction by about 90%. There's still... There's still moments of friction. One out of 10 times where they're like, I don't know where my shoes are. And well,
0: they're, they're not in the basket. They're in our
1: bed. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's like, you know what? We'll put Ziploc bags on your feet and
0: tie rubber bands around <laughs> them. That should do. That'll teach you. Yeah, we uh, we also have uh, things like hanging racks in the garage where that may not seem to automate life, or to help with life, but what it did was get a whole bunch of clutter out of our way so that we can get in the garage and there's no friction of opening doors and all that kind of stuff. We have space.
1: Well, it would be opening a garage door, but not opening it too far in case you hit something. Right. And then sucking in all the air so you can squeeze out of the car (laughs) and then hoping the kids don't trip on the way. And actually, rather than throwing out a bunch of stuff in our garage, we just paid to store it somewhere. (laughs)
0: Well, we threw out a lot of stuff.
1: Not as much as I'd like, though. Oh,
0: well, now I have space for my shop whenever I get to start building You things.
1: have to explain what a shop is, because that's a very North American vernacular.
0: Oh, um, well, I have a whole bunch of power tools and a desire to build. And so um, as soon as I get some lumber, which I'm going to negotiate for later, uh, I'm going to start building stuff.
1: Well, speaking of garage, one, one of the first things we did, garage garage (laughs) garage garage is how we'd say but speaking about the garage what i'd realize is the only time i go into the garage when it's not for getting in the car is to take garbage out or recycling yeah and what that means is when i open the door i would always have to turn the light on now it sounds ridiculous sounds like a first world problem oh you have to turn your light on
0: it is a first world problem (laughs) But when you've got your hands full
1: of garbage bags or recycling bags if you could eliminate the friction of having to turn the light on and off again yeah we just installed an automatic sensor so when the door opens up it automatically turns on the light
0: it's actually when somebody enters when the door opens it doesn't come on
1: no you have to walk out in faith and once your body passes the sensor it turns it on and then turns it off when you leave yeah that so that's the type of stuff we're talking about not expensive not ridiculous Uh, in some ways not even seeming like it needs to be done but the improvement it makes and the quality of life and the reduce of stress is magnificent.
0: Okay, that, that feels like very strong wording for garage light. <laughs> no, no, It's magnificent. I, I'm not talking about... The removal of stress. I'm not talking about the garage light
1: <laughs> in itself. We're I'm ta- going in
0: and out of that garage 40 <laughs> times a day. It's
1: magnificent. I'm talking more about the overall concept. Yes, I understand. The more you can automate, the more magnificent your life becomes. Yes. <laughs> for example... Our Nest Learning Thermostat. Yes. Our thermostat is one of those nice little Nest ones that knows when you're home and knows when you're not. And when you're not, it just automatically turns itself down, even if you haven't programmed it to. On your way back, you can turn it up, or it actually learns your coming and going. So it realizes, ah, oh, hang on, on Mondays, you're usually home at this time, and you usually when you come in and set it at this time, I'll just do that for you. So yeah. over the years that we've had it, it's learned our rhythms and our patterns, And it's fantastic.
0: Now, if you happen to be home on a day that you're not normally home and say, sitting on the couch for hours working on a sermon, you will freeze.
1: Well, that's why you just speak to Alexa and say, Alexa, set the living room temperature to 72 degrees. Who is Alexa? Well, let's talk about home automation. So home automation is absolutely in its infancy. Yeah. There's a bunch of companies and and actually, it's gone a little bit mainstream. If you walk into Home Depot or Lowe's or B&Q or wherever, yeah. you're going to find a whole lot of companies offering automatic lights, alarm systems, switches, you know, that sort of stuff. They right. can all be controlled from your smartphone, that sort of thing. And so over the years, we've built up quite a collection as you'd imagine every year for christmas i'd be asking for things like i'd like a light bulb or i i'd like this a new power outlet there's such exciting controlled.
0: things to buy for you i, I mean know. i just feel like the ultimate gift giver here mm-hmm. you go darling here's your light bulb for, for the that, second year I in a row
1: <laughs> the trouble is over the years we've used different companies and not all of them speak to each other particularly well but along came this company called wink who for 50 bucks would sell you this little hub that speaks to almost every device in your house. It certainly speaks to every device in our house. Right. You set it up, you plug it in, it connects to your Wi-Fi, and it finds all your home automation devices. So locks, alarm systems, light bulbs, uh, power switches that turn on and off, all that sort of stuff. Right. And uh, you can you can have one app that rules them all. And then along came Amazon, who released this thing called the Amazon Echo, which... Is how would you describe it's like Whole House Siri. It's a cylindrical tube about the size of a Pringles tube that plugs into your power Mm -hmm. and it connects via Wi-Fi to your home network and it is always on. It has seven microphones and you just wake her up by saying Alexa. And when Alexa's awake, you tell her to do something. And that could be anything like Alexa, what's the news? Or Alexa, play me some Bethel music. Or Alexa, is it going to rain tomorrow? Or Alexa, how do you spell Frankenstein? And in much the same way that you interact with Siri, she'll interact. But the thing that's so amazing about it is that Amazon Echo developers are constantly adding new value to it. Yeah. Because the device is just a piece of hardware, all the brains are in the cloud. So they're constantly adding new, new features to it. Mm-hmm. And most recently, they've developed features where it can speak to your Wink hub and therefore can speak to everything in your house.
0: Which is so cool.
1: Which, again, sounds ridiculous, but we don't need to find a remote control because we can say, Alexa, turn off the TV or Alexa, turn on the downstairs lights or Alexa, turn on the porch lights or Alexa, make it cooler in here. Alexa, make it warmer in here. At times, it just feels like I'm living in the future. I'm like, <laughs> what is my life? Is yeah. this my life? as MJ would say.
0: Is this my life? Was the the lock on our front door, the automatic lock, the first automated thing we got? I'm trying to remember. No,
1: it was our light bulbs. Okay. The lock. So the reason we got an automatic lock was once we came home from vacation and we'd locked our keys inside. Yeah. And we thought, let's never do that again.
0: Hmm. But that's not actually why I got it. I got it because MJ was in the stage where he couldn't reach the lock, but he could reach the door handle. Right. And... The kids kept forgetting to lock the door or we would forget to lock the door. And I was afraid he was going to run out into the street. Right. So we thought, okay, this automated lock actually locks itself automatically after 30 seconds.
1: Right. So our, our front door is always locked. Yes. And if you unlock it, it relocks itself within 30 seconds, which means MJ can reach the door handle, but can't reach the
0: lock. Right. And if we both happen to be at work, for example... But we need to send someone to our house to pick something up or somebody arrives and they're like, hey, could I drop this off? We can, from our phones, unlock the door. They can get in, drop whatever off, shut the door and it relocks again. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been hugely beneficial. I wasn't really sold on it when you were first talking about it, but it's great.
1: So Alexa's a win. I think Alexa's my, been my favorite product in, in home automation. The only thing I want her to do is integrate with Sonos, which is our whole house music system. Right. Because if I could speak to her and say, Alexa, play this in the living room, that would just be magnificent. That would be the Mac Daddy. And right I there. think it's coming.
0: I know. You still have to use your phone for that, you poor man. Like a caveman. Right. This just like a caveman.
1: Electronic device and tap, you know, with these digits. <laughs> and okay. Posable thumbs. And yeah, I just want to use my voice. Okay, then. Talk to me about cooking life hacks.
0: Well, I have a couple of cooking life hacks. They're more to do with kids than they are to do with you know, food that we eat. Right. Um, But things like I always make pancakes on Saturday morning and I triple the the batch. So they each get tons of pancakes so that they're not hungry. And the rest of it goes in a container. So on Sunday mornings when we're going to church, we feed them pancakes in the car and pouches. And then when they're coming home from church, uh, they get more pancakes. uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. (laughs) So, <laughs> but that is their lunch.
1: So basically, Saturday and under their staple diet is pancakes. pancakes. Well, the, if it could makes, we be if, more American?
0: If it makes anybody feel better, they are gluten free banana and chocolate chip pancakes. But yes, they are pancakes.
1: Makes me feel a lot better. And then,
0: uh, and then they have like veggie straws or pouches or something, so that when we get home, MJ can go straight to bed. The kids have already eaten, you know, because we're coming home at one thirty or two, and normally they eat lunch at twelve thirty. So,
1: but what you're saying is one. The same amount of time it would take you on Saturday to make breakfast on Saturday has not only made breakfast for Saturday, but also for Sunday and lunch on Sunday. Yeah. Smart.
0: Yeah. And then uh, on Sunday nights, and usually one other night during the week, I make muffins. Again, gluten-free muffins, but they're for breakfast or for going in their lunches. And that way in the morning, you know, when they get up, I can go, all right, go down, grab a muffin, grab a pouch, start eating, you know, and it just makes everything feel a lot smoother.
1: Do you want to talk about the joy of being an amazon subscribe and save customer
0: yeah i love amazon subscribe and save it is uh like a it's again it's an automated thing where you say what you'd like delivered every month to your house or maybe it's every other month or every third month but you can um you can search through amazon for things that come in bulk that are things that you'd use for example i use uh pamela's gluten-free flour a lot less expensive when I buy it from Amazon I get three bags at a time and I get it every two months so um, it's great because it it just means I don't have to think about that when I'm grocery shopping I always have some in my pantry
1: you never run out I
0: don't run out Um, I have like the kids juice boxes and um, almond milk delivered all that kind of stuff so and kind of the more that you subscribe and save the higher the discount that you get and it's all delivered for free so it's great
1: and it just comes out of our food budget each yeah. month. And yeah. it's all the stuff that we don't have to think about when we're at the grocery store. So we don't run out of toilet paper. We don't run out of kitchen roll.
0: Mm-hmm. In theory, if we have a lot of people over, we do run out of toilet yeah. paper.
1: We forget to up our... Uh,
0: we'll start telling people, bring your own toilet roll.
1: That's the new rule. Yeah. Hey, come stay with us. Bring your own toilet paper. Yeah,
0: that's what it, that's what we should do.
1: And then typically the craziest time in our house is first thing in the morning getting the kids on the bus
0: oh it can be chaos but
1: you've realized you repeat the same tasks every morning mm-hmm. so you've not necessarily automated it but taken steps to remove friction
0: yeah like we have pre-printed pieces of paper uh that have notes to the teachers so they have abby and tia's names already on them their teachers names and please switch their schedule and put them in Mac or please switch their schedule and put them on the bus.
1: Yeah. It's basically like a wedding RSVP. Yeah. All With we have to do is check date boxes. it
0: and off we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just anything to kind of make life run easier, because otherwise you're not like, where's a pen?
1: Why do we have no pens in the house? Where's a piece of paper? Abby, get rid of the, you know. And Why you're, am I writing these you're notes freaking every week? <laughs> out over something completely silly. Yeah. That could just you could just have a file and you pull one out. Tick tick. Put it in their folder and away yeah, they go.
0: It's perfect.
1: You know, if it sounds like we're any way competent at this, we're, we're bumbling amateurs compared to our friend Danielle Helson, who. Takes what we're talking about to, like, ninja status level.
0: Oh, yeah. She is a ninja.
1: And if you go to her website, daniellehelson.com, you can read all her life hacks about prepping your week. Like, she gets all her clothes that she's going to be wearing that week ready at the start of the week. Amazing. The problem with that is that would require us to have all our laundry done and know where all our clothes are, and I'm just not that organized. I don't think
0: we have that much clothes to, like, be able to separate it out into, like, five little piles.
1: (laughs) But we digress. Right. (laughs) My point is go to daniellehelson.com and read all her life hacks. She's got some amazing stuff, including, you know, prepping for the week. I already mentioned clothes, but also includes her food for the week as well.
0: Yeah, she's remarkable.
1: She is remarkable. But you know what she doesn't have on our website? What? Information about floor cleaning robots.
0: Floor cleaning robots, your favorite thing.
1: And we have two of them.
0: We do a vacuumer and a wet mopper.
1: Right. And we have wood floors... In all of our downstairs areas. And
0: three children.
1: And so our <laughs> wood floors that we rather foolishly pick dark ones.
0: Yeah, never doing that again.
1: And we're like, do you have anything that would really show up all the dirt and footprints? You do? Great. Let's put let's, that all on our ground floor. Let's Thank you. get that. That was a smart move on our part. <laughs> but this little floor cleaning robot can just be automated and you fill it up with some cleaning solution and it just goes around and cleans your floor. And So what do you think about the floor cleaning robots?
0: Um, I like the wet mop one. And I don't really like the other one, the vacuuming one.
1: Is it because the vacuuming one doesn't do a good job of vacuuming?
0: It's mostly because it is so random that it makes absolutely no sense. So I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you turning? Why are you turning? You were like a fragment of an inch from a piece of dirt and you moved.
1: That's so funny you say that because I read the Sweet Home review on it. Yeah. And it said, okay, the best floor cleaning robot is the one that we have, right? Out Of all of them, they're the best. However... If you're the type of person that's going to drive you nuts to watch it and think, what are you doing? What what are you doing? Don't buy this one. Buy this other one, which (laughs) moves around your room sequentially. It doesn't do quite a good job, but it'll be less effort on your blood pressure. Less stressful. And I thought about you. Yes. So what we have to do is leave the house and put it on. And then you just come back and the floors are clean, rather than you watching it. Because I, I admit it. Th- th- it's like
0: watching like a bull on crack or something. It just sort of it wanders totally everywhere. It's
1: and the manufacturer says no, no, no. Uh, we do clean everything, and it does have like an interior GPS, so it knows where it's going. But it's much more soothing to watch the floor cleaning robot, the mopping one, yeah, so because it goes it in makes straight sense. lines and it then comes back on itself,
0: and yeah. It's awesome.
1: But anyway, floor cleaning robots, if you've got wooden floors, or even if you've got some carpet and you need some light vacuuming done, highly recommend those. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes, should you even care. Well, there's plenty more to talk about, but these are just some small examples of some of the things that we've employed. And I want to encourage you that the challenge that everybody faces when they try to automate their life is they hit this deception that, oh, setting this up is taking so long, it would just be faster for me to do the task right now than put in a system to automate the task. And you're you're absolutely right. It will be. It will be uh, much more time-consuming to sit down and work out a way to do it better or to automate it or to reduce friction. But if it's something that you're going to have to do at least one other time, I found it's worth automating. Yeah, absolutely. And we haven't even got to talk about automating Mac tasks.
0: Mm, no, Because I would have nothing to say. We'll wait sometime until I am out of town or have a cold, and then you can talk about automating Mac tasks.
1: All right. Automating Mac tasks coming up on a future podcast. (laughs) AJ Jones, you ready for some listener questions?
0: I think so.
1: All right. This first question is from Anonymous, and he or she asks, How do you help people who want to desperately feel God's presence, but are very type A and logic-driven, and see much of revival as emotionality? Great question.
0: It is a great question. I guess, first, I would, as nicely as possible, try and encourage them not to enter into judgment about it being emotionality, because that's right. going to shut things down pretty fast. Right. And then, if you can just encourage them to, okay, listen, you don't have to get it, you don't have to logically understand it, but if you want more of God, why don't you just tell Him you know, what you're afraid of, and Ask him to come and meet you where you are.
1: And then also, I'm assuming, just from your question, that you're in a place that is experiencing, that you're surrounded by other people who are experiencing the presence of God and you're not. If that's not the case, go somewhere where people are experiencing the presence of God. That would be my first thing, move to where God is manifesting. Yeah. The second thing is, if you're there but you're not feeling anything, welcome to the club. I I think for many years I was president of lamppost ministries. And what I mean by that is (laughs) all around me, people are falling and I'm just standing there like a lamppost, apparently not feeling a thing from the Holy Spirit. And part of that was because I was analyzing everything that was happening. Right. I was so scared of being deceived or or getting a fake version of it that I was just in analysis.
0: But that's just because that's a lack of understanding about how big God is and how good he is, isn't it?
1: And it's also a lack of understanding of how the Holy Spirit works. So this is what I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to get alone with God. And that instantly takes the pressure off. So in your own room, wherever you are, carve out some time to be with the Lord and recognize that the Lord is the Prince of Peace. Yeah. So he loves to manifest in peace. So I would lie down on the floor or lie down on your bed. I would put on some restful soaking music and I would just pray a prayer that says holy spirit i have come to be with you like your word says draw near to god and he will draw near to you i'm choosing to draw near to you and by faith i believe you're choosing to draw near to me and then do nothing don't pray don't strive don't analyze just rest the only thing i'd encourage you to do even though i've just said don't do anything is monitor yourself for peace are you entering into a state of rest are you feeling peaceful And if you are, pay attention to that peace and watch as it grows. Because for me, the Holy Spirit, the foundation of everything he's doing is peace. And that's what happened for me. I just practiced the discipline of resting and soaking. And it was horrible because, you know, as somebody who had a type A personality, it just seemed like such a waste of time and it didn't make any sense. But the discipline of resting in God's presence led me to a greater understanding of him. Yeah. So what's that psalm? The verse has escaped me, but it's in the book of Psalms. It says, be still and know that I am God. Many of us want to know God, but we don't want to do the prerequisite. We don't want to learn to be still. Right. So I would say that stillness and peace, not analysis, not study, is going to lead you into experiencing the presence of God. And also know, AJ, the verse, for we have come to know and have believed the The love love that God God has has for us. So you already know that God loves you. Mm-hmm. but knowing and believing are two different things. Yeah. One is in your head, the other is in your heart. And yeah. all you want to do is just shift what you know, which has come from study, which has come from intellectual pursuit into experience, which which comes from rest. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for Anonymous this week that as he or she begins to lay down and just practice the discipline of being in rest, I'm asking that you would come and manifest your presence in incredible measures of peace and that it would be a breakthrough season for them to experience your love in new ways.
0: Yeah. Um, We have one other question, babe. Go go for it. This one is from Adrian, and it says, "Uh, one of the girls in a Bible study that I am part of, and myself, were talking about churches yesterday. I mentioned Bethel Church in Reading, and she immediately responded with accusations of them being a cult and teaching unbiblical truths, as well as the idea that spiritual gifts cannot be taught, so something like a school of supernatural life also raises questions in regards to that mindset. She said that they are a church that is only concerned with signs and wonders, seeking an experience above all else, and this sense of striving for the presence of God is her concern. Being a part of Grace Center, there are a lot of parallels obviously with Bethel Church, I have never had someone make such accusations and was hoping that you could shed some light on these. Thank you.
1: Oh, can we shed some light? Yeah, we can. (laughs) (laughs) So it is very, very common for people who don't understand things to be fearful of them. Yeah. And in return, people who fear things like to spread fear and warn other people away from it. So, for example, we have a student currently in second year and... Uh, a number of years ago, his first time at Grace Center. I being at Grace Center, but then some friends said, hey, you want to stay away from Grace Center. It's a really weird church. Have you watched these YouTube videos on the Kundalini spirit? You know, it's a spirit of deception in that church. And despite the fact that him having incredible times with God at this church, listened to his friends, watched these dumb videos on YouTube and just thought, oh, I've been deceived by a demon and stayed away from our church. And uh, subsequently had probably one of the worst years of his life. Because he was operating in fear, he was partnering in fear rather than partnering with the Holy Spirit, well, got long mm-hmm. story short, came back to Gray Center, was like, "I can't believe I fell for that in Toronto, the church that we were a part of before, there was just horribly written articles about us all over the internet about how we were a church of Satan and how there was false revival, and John and Carol Arnett were agents of Satan to spread counterfeit revival and deceive the elect, and you know, this yada yada, yada yada yada. But my question with all of these things is is examine the fruit. So yeah. what is the fruit of the lives of people who've been at these churches? And Graysoners had a 17-year relationship with Bethel Church in Redding, California. And it's we, an amazing it's church. It's an amazing church. We know many of the church staff there personally. They are incredibly solid Christians who love the word of God, who love Jesus and who are doing incredible things for the kingdom, and are seeing incredible fruit in the lives of people, including some fruit that might be outside of the ordinary for some Christians. Right. And, you know, if we don't understand that, or if we're not seeing that, it's easy to question, which we should question, and we should, you know, test the spirits as as the Word of God said. But we don't want to go from that into just assuming we know what we're talking about. So a lot of the books that were written about Toronto and probably today have written about Bethel are by people who've never been there. Mm-hmm. They're, they're people who've just, you know, watched the horror stories or listened to other people tell horror stories. And and many of the same complaints that could be made about Bethel have been made about Grey Center. But the truth is Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, Chris Valton, their whole staff out there are doing a phenomenal job in encouraging the body of Christ and in raising... Uh, a new water level of what's possible.
0: And here's the thing, Adrian, a lot of the church has been taught to fear experience. Right. And that experience is a bad thing. Experience isn't a bad thing. The majority of the Bible is stories of people's experiences with God, and God clearly wants you to experience Him. But I think people are afraid of experience, and they've been taught to be afraid of experience. And so that's probably something that, your friend might be triggering over. It's right. like, whoa, you know. But the thing is, experience is what actually releases us into the love of God. You have to experience love to receive it.
1: And not not that this is anything, but I would imagine, while on the one hand, your friend and say many other people have questions with Bethel, they probably don't realize they're singing most of Bethel's worship songs at their <laughs> church on a Sunday morning. So just, you know, Bethel worship alone, Bethel music, the the fruit of that equipping the body of Christ all over the world with fresh worship is just amazing but also bills teaching and uh, it, it would probably encourage you to go look at Bethel's website they have a teaching series called Foundations where they're going through the foundations of the Christian faith and it's it's excellent teaching and anyway we we love those guys they're they're top notch so fear not adrian thanks for asking us but they're they're a great church and they're doing a great
0: job i think also adrian just uh, one more point you talked about you know, is it possible to train people in spiritual oh, gifts? Yeah. You know, it brings to that. question things like the school of supernatural life. Yeah, we're actually supposed to train in, in spiritual gifts. It's actually we're supposed to desire spiritual gifts, and we're supposed to grow in spiritual gifts, and that's uh, that's scriptural.
1: Yeah, and you would see in the Old Testament there would be schools of prophets where you know prophets were learning, and uh, all the way through Scripture we're told to uh, mature and grow and become Christ-like. And part of that is discipleship. You know, yeah. it, it wouldn't be weird to, you know, Jesus had disciples that he taught. And uh, so remember, for example, that the disciples tried to do deliverance and something that didn't work. And they said, Master, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus gave them some teaching. Oh, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so, you know, you see an example of that, of Jesus teaching his disciples. And then in Matthew 28, he tells those very disciples, go teach other people what I've taught you. Right. And that's what the School of Supernatural Life is about, is teaching people what God has taught us and uh, training up people to just know Jesus more and to be able to walk in the fruitfulness of his ministry. Right. All right, we are done for this week. That's you, a wrap, folks. You guys are incredible. <laughs> if you want the show notes for this week, go to alanandaj.com slash 93.
0: If you have any questions that you'd like to ask us, go ahead and go to alanandaj.com slash
1: ask. And if you're not already, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Alan and AJ.
0: Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything Under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone